This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... This episode of Crucial Tech is sponsored by the International Cyber Expo being held in London, the United Kingdom, from September 27th to the 28th. This is one of the more important educational events in cybersecurity with more than 100 exhibitors, 5,000 buyers, and Europe's most influential experts. Go to www.internationalcyberexpo.com for more information. So with this episode of Cybersecurity, we are talking with one of my colleagues in the podcasting world, Adam Levin, who is the uh, host of What the Hack. Uh, and Adam is more than just that. Uh, he's also been, he's also founded CyberScout and Credit.com, and he was the director of consumer affairs for New Jersey. So uh, we're going to have a chat about how when you leave an automated message on your email saying you're out, you're out of work, or, I mean, you're, you're away from work uh, for whatever reason, uh, that scammers can get in there. So, Adam, thanks for joining us. And how does this thing work? Well, basically, when you put an automated message, and first of all, it gives them a couple thoughts. Number one, that you're not around. And number two, that if they can hack into your system, that means that they can take advantage of the fact that you're not around and you started to tell people you're not around, but now they stop it from going to other people and they become you. Because they know you're out of the office, they spend time uh, you know, hacking into your account? Is that? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so it's it's not that the the automated message actually tells you uh, or gives you an option to get in. It's just, okay, this is just a clue for someone to start working on your system and possibly even have some uh, leisure time in order to do it. You don't have to do, be very fast about it, right? It can be used by hackers to launch business email compromise, right? Mm-hmm. Ransomware commands, phishing campaigns. Here's how to do it. Many companies lift staff on their websites with bios and contact information. So number one, that gives people an idea of what your organizational structure is, which makes it possible to fish people with spoofed emails, right? That it makes it look like it's coming from someone specific. So they, they do that. They can then use all of those things like about us or meet the team. So that's how they get the list. Once they have the directory, getting email addresses is pretty easy. Yeah. Because even if they aren't listed publicly, there are sites such as Hunter.io that, that, that list known email patterns for companies. So then you go on vacation, right? During the periods that you, you may see an increase in out-of-office phishing email. And having registered multiple email addresses via free services, what they do is they send specific generic inquiry email to the email addresses they've researched. And it might come from a colleague's email account. There will also be a main message from Gmail saying, hi, I'd like to know more about your services. 
And what they do is they create a list of out of offered auto replies, and then they gain, glean any information they can from the auto replies. Because usually what you say is, I'm out of the office, but you can talk to so-and-so. Aha, uh -huh. okay. Right? <clears throat> and then with an email directory and your schedule, there are an awful lot of ways to compromise. Like, first of all, um, they can use the name. Um, usually when you return as an employee, you get a large backlog of emails, which means you're moving faster than usual, which is what a hacker would know. And there could be an attached file that contains either ransomware or malware. It could then direct them to a website designed to collect sensitive personal information. And a spoofed email address includes a small amount of personal information means it's unlikely to raise suspicion. Uh, they can also be used by a threat actor to target your colleagues. Because again, they say, here's the person to email for urgent matters. You see, so that's why keep a message vague, refer incoming emails to a gatekeeper account, and invest in security training. Are you saying that we probably shouldn't put these kind of messages on uh, automated well, messages? Well, have on? you noticed, I've noticed certain things where there are people that will put the notice on and then they will forget to take it off. Yeah. So it's it's sitting on there. That's number one. Just like people leave messages on their phones going, I'll be away, but please call so-and-so in my absence. Yeah. And And I've had that with a friend of mine who was already back a month I said, do you think you might change the message on your phone? <laughs> so it, it's really, if you, if you have these out of office messages, if you can, you can alter them to the point where they're communicating with somebody they think is the person you designated, but it's not. Yeah. Right. Number one, number two, when you get back from being out of office, you know, as they say, there's going to be a pile of email waiting for you. You're going to go, you're going to blow through that email as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And you may not be as careful as you, when you go through ah, that okay. email so, as you so, should. So they can leave yourself a little surprise in your email and you mm -hmm. just click on a link thinking it's benign. Yeah, well, I think what, what you're saying is, is that it's not a matter of not using that feature on your email system. It's a matter of just being smart about it and training the people in your organization to know, hey, look, I'm going to be out for a while, which means, you know, I could end up, you could end up getting a spoofed email from me or from somebody else within this organization. Just maintain a high level of awareness. It's really all about how alert you are and the fact that we know that hackers, scammers, identity thieves, they rely on a few things. Number one, they rely on the fact that we have lives. Right. And as a result of having those lives, we're distracted. And mm -hmm. so they crawl in the crack or crevice of any life they can find. And they try to figure out when you'll be the most vulnerable, which is when you're the most distracted. You're on vacation. You're in the midst of a big project for your business. It's the holiday season. You know, the list goes on and on. And either they will play with something that they think you will respond to, mm -hmm. right? Because it's easy for someone to say, hey, Bob, you know, I realize you've been away for the past few weeks, but this project is really important. Um, I've taken the liberty of doing a lot of the work for you. So uh, just do me a favor, check this as soon as you possibly can and give me an answer whether you like it or not. So then you click on the link, you open the attachment. It could have ransomware. It could have malware. It could direct you to a clone site. 
which is you think it's the Q&A site, but it's actually a clone site. And then whatever information you provide, they got you. Okay. So I was reading a report that saying that CISOs are saying that security awareness is higher than it's ever been right now. So is this something that people are missing or is in their awareness or is this uh, uh, is this a growing problem? You mean the out-of-office email problem yeah, or the yeah, or phishing yeah. as a service? Well, phishing <clears throat> we know is going up, but... Yeah, and, the, you know, now they have phishing as a service, yeah. which is just like ransomware as a service. So, you know, first of all, again, let's go back to two basics. We have day jobs to a hacker. We are their day job. Yeah. Number two, a lot of us look in the mirror and see us. But when right. a hacker or a scammer looks at us, they see Beyonce, Jay-Z, Adam Levine, because we've got what they want. We have data, we have financial information, and, and in many cases, it has nothing to do with us, which I know is an ego killer, but we just could be the conduit to a larger river, which means they're not after us. They're, they want to get into where we work. They want to get after, into uh, somehow communicating with our spouse because of where they work. They may want to be communicating with a parent or child because of where they work. Uh, so we just have to be on, on alert all the time to realize that we are important enough to fish. And it could be for a variety of reasons. That, I think, is a really good point because I think the reason most people don't practice basic security hygiene is they think, well, I am nobody. Nobody's going to want me. You know, I'm completely, you know, I'm dead broke. There's only 37 cents in my bank account. Why would they even try? Right. Well, it's, not, it's not so much how much money you have or how much, you know, how, how, how many things you own or, or anything else like this. It, it's about you being an access point to other people. Precisely. I mean, that's that's what people need to understand that even the if, and, and I my mother in law, who I love dearly, is really bad at this. I mean, she gets <laughs> hit on a, nor, a regular basis. I mean, she hasn't had a, had a major uh, breach. She hasn't had anything stolen. But the thing is, she'll pick up something in an email and she will send it out to all kinds of other people. Yep. And, and she's gotten an email from someone else. And usually what happens is because I've got my security settings dialed up to 11, she'll ask me, I said, did you get that email I sent you? And I'm going, no, let me check. And I go into the, the bucket and there it is. And it's because my system identified malware in the email. Yeah, it's it's fairly easy. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the, the the thing that I need to get across to everybody is that I, I know is that, no, you are not unimportant enough to not be attacked okay you, you, we are all <clears throat> we are all a star yeah. when it comes to that uh, just as as we are if we're not careful about it the cameras and our devices uh we could become the star an unwitting star of our own reality show yeah if you remember a few years ago there was a a, a story that was confirmed that 77,000 households around the world were actually streaming on a Russian website. 
uh, and these were people going about their daily lives, but it could be based on the fact they had a camera in a smart TV in their bathroom or their computer was in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. And unbeknownst to them, everything they were doing was actually being streamed uh, because obviously there are people that make money off that too. So oftentimes we don't know why someone has a particular interest in us and we are shocked that they may have an interest in us. But the fact that we exist for many people is interesting enough for them to have an interest in us. Excellent. Okay. I think those are the good points that we need to uh, push forward from here and just say thanks a lot. Well, it'd be my pleasure. Let me just give you just a couple other thoughts. Uh, okay. As you know, they capitalize on world events. They capitalized on the Ukraine, fake charitable scams, fake mm -hmm. support the Ukraine scams. Uh, they capitalized during COVID. Now they're capitalizing with monkeypox, everything from updates to tracking to testing to when vaccines are available. And the new big thing across the country, maybe not across the world, but across the country, is the uh, student debt forgiveness program that was wow. announced by the president. Uh, which again, a lot of people are waiting to get more information about it. So if they receive some kind of email communication or a phone call or a text, they may think that it was legitimately directed toward them when in fact it, it was directed toward them, but it was not directed for legitimate purposes. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think that's something else people need to understand is if when they get hit, it's not personal. No. In fact, mm -mm. the hacker probably has no idea who you are. All he has is data. That's and, it. In, and in many cases, it's just a wide net. However, we find that with more and more companies, it's actually a research project yeah. aided by LinkedIn and social media. Yeah. Unwittingly. Yeah. Uh, so that's why just people have to be uh, have to be alert. We, we, we call it, you practice the three, the three M's. How do you minimize your risk of exposure? How do you monitor <clears throat> so you effectively know you have an issue? And how do you manage the damage if and when you find out you have a problem? Yeah. And what do you suggest for individuals who find themselves getting trapped? Well, I think if you find yourself being trapped, the first thing you do is you need to, depending upon how bad the trap and what information was stolen, you may need a police report. It's very important that you contact the credit reporting agencies. Um, either if you're going to do it yourself, which I think is a mistake for a lot of people because they really don't know what they're doing. They don't know yeah. the right verbiage to use when dealing with credit reporting agencies because the reporting agencies are also very sensitive to the fact that someone could just have a miserable credit record and are looking to repair their credit. A lot of people don't realize that through their insurance company, some of their financial services organizations like credit unions, and through the, their employer, uh, there are programs now available you, to help you through identity theft incidents. Um, or at least if you think you might have a problem, they're there at least to sort it out with you with professionals who do this all the time. And you know, if you try to do it yourself, you might as well forget living a life, raising a family, doing all that stuff, because depending upon the complexity of the problem, I mean, it's one thing if it's a, an account that was taken over like a credit card account. But once you start moving up the food chain to a debit card used to invade your bank account, 
to New which York County. Which has happened to me. Yeah, which is, is terrifying because all of a sudden you start to see money disappearing. But from debit cards to new account identity theft, which is where they're setting up new accounts all over God's green earth in your name and, op- and then running up accounts and then leaving you out to dry to medically related identity theft, where they're using your information for the purpose of getting medical treatment or having examinations or who knows what, uh, the World Privacy Forum, they, they publish reports every year and they're the experts on medically related identity theft, as is the Identity Theft Resource Center, all the way up to child related identity theft, which is a terrible and very difficult problem to deal with. And then you have the scariest of all, which is criminal identity theft, which is someone using your information, commits crimes, and makes sure the trail of, bre- the trail of breadcrumbs leads back to you. One, one tool that I found has been very helpful, uh, and I, I did this you know, a- after my debit card was hacked and some guy in the UK decided to set himself up with a home brewing system uh, on my <laughs> account. Uh, he, he, he spent about Fifteen hundred dollars on a home brewing system. Yeah, he he was really committed to this project. But right after you know, I got, I got the funds returned because yeah, you know, it, it is insured. Uh, I went and I locked down my uh, credit accounts on all three bureaus, mm-hmm. so that and and it's kind of a pain in the ass because if I if I want to get a new loan for something or get a new credit card, I have got to unlock those credit accounts in order to do it. But I have found at least once a month since I did that, that I get a report that somebody was trying to file for a new credit card under my name. Mm -hmm. And when you lock it down like that, you know, the credit bureaus will let you know somebody. Absolutely. Somebody's trying to access this. Is this authorized? And I go. And you and you, you know, you have you have a couple of ways you can do that. You can do the lock. Yeah. Or you can actually go and freeze your credit, which is a little bit more serious, and that's you know regulated. Well, I mean by that, that's that's actually what I do. I I do. It, they're all so all you freeze and thaw. Yeah. 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 That's important, and you know, based on an amendment to the banking law a couple of years ago, it's now free. Yeah. Uh, so, and the only thing you have to do, and the great news is, with with most loans other than mortgages, they're only going to check one reporting agency. So all you need to do is find out from the lender which reporting agency they check and you could thought for a limited period of time. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, guys like Brian Krebs, Bob Sullivan, a lot of people I work with they're you know, they're huge fans of a credit freeze as am I, uh, because I think that it, it's not the, so the complete silver bullet, but it certainly is a significant weapon to have in your arsenal, an arrow to have in your quiver. But, you know, if you if you want to review very quickly, I don't know what your time constraints are, the three M's. But the first is, you know, minimizing risk of exposure is everything from password protocol, password managers, not sharing passwords across accounts, long and strong passwords, to being careful about clicking on links or opening attachments, never authenticating yourself to anyone who contacts you, enabling two-factor authentication anywhere you can. Sometimes you can't, and sometimes people don't want to do it, which is a mistake. Ask all the people whose Instagram accounts have been stolen how they feel about two-factor authentication. Also, just not downloading any app that looks new and cool and whatever, because you never know what that app really is designed to do. 
And unless you get it from the Apple Store or Google Play, you're really playing with fire. And even if you get it from the Google Store, you could be playing with some amount of fire because Android is has always been a bigger target. Um, when you set up answers to security questions, lie like a superhero. Uh, and that's because they don't care what your mother's real maiden name is or what your high school was or your dog's name or your favorite color. All they care about these accounts is that when they ask you a question, the answer you give is the answer you gave when you set up the question and answer. So you're, you're not getting a security clearance uh, to go with the CIA. You're just simply opening an account. So veracity is not important. Consistency is important. Freezing credit, shredding. These are the kinds of things that are, that are very important. Um, the middle M monitor, well, that's get your credit report, read it, make sure you understand it. Don't just say, look, I got my credit report. Monitor your credit scores for a sudden precipitous drop that you can't explain. Sign up for what's called transaction alerts from your financial institution that notify you anytime there's activity in your account. Read the explanation of benefit statements you get from your health insurance company. We've had a number of people who found out that they must have become victims of some form of identity theft because someone, and it wasn't them, uh, was getting appointments and treatments and prescriptions in their name. Um, also, more sophisticated forms of monitoring, like you say, monitoring that monitors the dark web, monitoring that is what's called instant alert or me, not me, which is you get a notification saying, Lou, someone is attempting to open an account right now in your name. Is it you? Yes or no? Yeah. Um, and then the third M is managing the damage, which is that as part of your insurance policy or from your bank or from the HR department where you work as part of an employee benefits program, there are programs available to people, sometimes free, sometimes deeply discounted, to help you through identity incidents. So what you need to find out is from these three groups in particular, insurance companies, banks, and employers, do you have a program? Am I in it? If not, what do I need to do to get in it? Is it free, discounted, or what's it going to cost? So that's Adam Levin on the subject of office phishing. And uh, I particularly liked his 3M rule. And let me um, remind you of that. It's minimize your risk, monitor your systems, and make sure you be able to, you're able to manage what happens if something goes wrong. Those are three really good rules. But overall, I, I also like the advice about being careful about how, what information you put out into the Internet. Uh, because it's out there for everyone to see, even if you think it's being uh, restricted, just e even an email. Uh, it's not. Uh, your information is out there. And that's part of the price we pay for having the Internet and, and the, the ease and, and benefits it gives us in, in life. Uh, and quite frankly, it's been a, quite a while since I've used an out-of-office email message or even on my phone, uh, but uh, this is something I'm going to remember going forward if I ever go back to that. Uh, so that's been it this week for Crucial Tech. Uh, if you have questions, concerns, 
comments. Uh, you can co uh, talk to us at cyberprotection-magazine.com or you can go to the anchor.fm slash crucialtech site and you can leave a one-minute audio comment, question, or concern that might end up being a, 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 an episode all in itself. So that was Adam Levin on office phishing, which is a, a, an important issue to be concerned about. I, I know uh, it's something I haven't thought about when I was leaving uh, out-of-office messages on the email and my phone, and I uh, haven't done it for a while, but when the next time I do, I'll be keeping that in mind. I think even more important was his 3Ms rule about minimizing your risk, about monitoring what's going on in your systems, and being able to manage the damage when it's over. So keep that in mind. So thanks to Adam for that. Uh, make sure you check out his podcast at What The Hack and realize it's What The Hack with Adam Levin because that's a popular name for podcasts, I found out. There are about six of them out there. Uh, so it's uh, What The Hack with Adam Levin. Uh, and this has been Crucial Tech. I'm Lou Covey, and this has been a Footwasher Media production. Mm -hmm.